The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We are on voiceamerica.com, and thank you for tuning in. Are you listening for the first time? Because if you are, awesome. Are you a loyal follower? Thank you for that, for sure. Do you stop by now and then? Do you just listen when you can or choose an archive? You know what? Whenever you listen, however you got here, and especially today, however you got here, Thank you so much. I'm always really grateful for your listenership. It means a lot. We are growing fast. This station is really building itself into a community. It's due to your loyalty. It's due to your commitment as the listeners. And I really want to say thanks. A press release went out recently. It talked about the stunning growth of this show, the fact that it's renewed. We're about 20,000 strong now, and that's in five months. So something good's going on here with this group, and I really appreciate it. And the guest today was part of not only the press release that went out, but another press release went out specific to him, talking about the fact that he would be joining for a two-part series. So Google and get yourself out on that web and take a look about the show and about the subject matter that we'll talk about, and you'll see these press releases that are really touting some of the excitement. This story today is told by an author, Morella Scott. Now, Morella is nationally acclaimed. She's an award-winning author. She was named by Oprah as an ambassador of hope. So she's a fabulous author. And she tells the story of David Tuckerow, Jr. And, you know, this is, I'm going to tell you and introduce you certainly to David. But before I do, let me get out of the way some basic reminders. But I wanted to make sure you knew who was on the show today so you stay tuned in because it's going to be a great show. I do want you to follow us on Facebook. That's Illuminating Now, all one word. And please, if you haven't, like our page. And at sign Illuminating Now is Twitter. And, of course, my site, Quality for Life Coaching. That's four words altogether qualityforlifecoaching.com. It's been redone. It's interactive. It has a blog. You can download iTunes videos. It's really cool. And it's something to check out. And I would absolutely love it if you would. And if you would like to hit me up to talk about anything you're going through, any crisis, any issues, any concerns, just a strategy for growth, I will do a complimentary session with you. So for sure, hit me up if you'd like to. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so let's talk about our guest today. David Tuckerow Jr., maybe you've heard his name, 
but I want you to know who this is that we're about to talk to. And I'm going to remind you again, it's one of a two-part series. So please tune in today and please tune in September 10th. And next week, we're going to talk about some things that I know you're going to want to know about because this is a story of leukemia. And this is a story in the face of something that is so tragic. What do you do? And so next week, we're going to get into a lot of the details of the true logistics of diagnosed with leukemia. What does it mean? What kind? Face of death? Is that what you're being told? What do you do with that? What does your family do? Is there anything you can do? And understanding something connected to bone marrow transplantation being a part of a potential way to save your life. Okay, so that's next week. We're going to get into that. So I want to, again, keep you writing things on your calendar so you're holding on to these dates because it's going to be really interesting. Now I'm going to just tell you that David Tuckero is a young man that in his 20s did overcome a fight with leukemia. He chronicled this memoir, Bad to the Bone, the true story of David Tuckero Jr., born and raised in Fort McCurry, Canada. This is a book that's out. You can buy this book. You should buy this book, Bad to the Bone. This is written by Marella Scott. And he shares his tumultuous journey of self-discovery through pain, hopelessness, feeling of inadequacy. But to inspire others and overcome adversity is that challenge. You want to and you can't, but you're trying. So after finding purpose, he's living out his passion of teaching others to save lives by registering to become a bone marrow donor. David spends his free time with his family and enjoying music. He's a musician, and we'll talk a little more about that as well. David's website, take this down. It's davidtuckerow.com. And I'm going to spell it. You know how to spell David, but it's all one word. D-A-V-I-D-T-U-C-C-A-R-O.com. And in the end, I will be explaining a little more about what I'll be doing for you if you choose to involve yourself on this website and register yourself in, in the bone marrow transplantation site. But we're going to let David speak to even what any of this is all about. So let's just start by me saying, David, two weeks, you're going to be on the show for two weeks. You're a busy guy. You're evangelizing this cause and certainly the story of your book. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so very much for having me on your show. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to share my story with you and your listeners. Yeah, it's such an important story. It's such a relevant story. And everybody knows somebody that goes through something that's you know can be tragic and, and maybe not. But I don't know that we all know ways that we can help. And that's why I said we're going to go a little backward on this two-part series rather than talk about the exact journey of leukemia. We're going to do more of that on your on our second week. This week, we're going to talk a little more about the book, the process, some of what went on during that, and a little bit more about bone marrow transplantation. And so we're going to focus a little more with that. So let's just start at what, what gave you. Was it your idea to write a book? Was it someone else's? What made you think? And at what juncture? Were you still sick? Were you moving through the leukemia when you decided, I'm going to write a book? Actually, no, it was well after I was uh, past uh, in remission. It was several years past being in remission. And I, I knew that I had a help key because before writing the book, I, I had um, 
had volunteered with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society of Los Angeles and Orange County and did the light the night walks with them. And, you know, whether the first year I did it, I, I, you know, handed up balloons to the survivors and the people that have passed away. And also, I did the first connection program, which was, you know, uh, people that were newly diagnosed that needed someone to talk to. Uh, they would call this number, they would talk to me, and, you know, right around the age that I was at, and I would tell them my experience and help them get through what they were going through and answer any and all questions they had. So for me, you, you know, I always knew that I needed to help. I just was trying to do any and everything. And I got the idea to do the book after reading Marilyn Scott's book in our house. I thought, this is amazing. I could, you know, write a story. And if it came out the way she would write this story, then I could help, I could be able to help a lot of people with it. So I, you know, did, I reached out to Marilla and told her a bit about my story and said that I wanted to, you know, get help to write my story to get out to share with uh, people to be able to help them with what they're going through. And, you know, she said, yes, of course, you know, I love this story. I think we can help a lot of people with it. So she took my story on. And from there, you know, the writing process was just an amazing thing. And I'm really happy that I was able to do that. That's a really, that's, first of all, it's a really bold move to reach out to her. I want to back up a little and say, um, I think it's poignant when you go through something and to hear what you've done, I, you know, hats off to you. And I think that this can happen that, you know, you just, you then want to become a leader of some sort, someone who can help others, someone who can, um, even the field I'm in, I used to be in the corporate world, high tech, you know, pre IPO, fast paced, (laughs) crazy. I was high level. I was way up there in that world. And you know what? It took some tragedy and it took actually three of them in a row. And so it, I understood my life purpose connects to something altogether different. And yeah. it had to do with healing and suffering and death and life and light and dark. And I understood that I was getting those messages, whether I liked it or not. I didn't, I didn't love it too much, but I was really spiritual and understood. Okay. Okay. You guys are throwing this at me, dog on it. So I guess I'm supposed to, you know, do something about it. And so I changed my whole entire career to, to be a contributor into the healing world. So I really feel you in, and, but I also really appreciate you because some people, yeah, some people don't do that. The next thing that kind of pay it forward, you know, if I can even get a little bit of energy today, this is what I'll do with my energy. And so exactly. I, I hear you doing that. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then reaching out to Morella, it's, it's interesting. You said, and she said, of course, that's a big deal. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of people who could write your book, but you know, this is, this is Oprah's girl. I mean, Oprah has exactly. some opinions, right? Exactly. And to me, you know, and that was, for me, you know, the real, like, the proof that she was the best person to do it is if, you know, people are going to, you know, line up to buy the book club of the month, then, (laughs) you know, if you're going to, it's probably good to work with somebody that, uh, you know, is in that world. So, you know, working with Marilyn was just, it was perfect. And not only that, just the person she is, she's just such an amazing person. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad she took it on, not not because of, you know, the whole Oprah thing, but just because herself, who she is, she's just an awesome person, and I'm just glad that she took it on. Right, and 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 that's space, too, because, I mean, I'm going to call a spade a spade. I mean, the Oprah thing is a big deal, and good for her, and good for you, and, 
And smart move. Like you're right. Thank that's you. that's yeah. that's a good, it's a good way to go on that. But um, but then you then you meet this gal and you meet Marilyn. You you start to connect with her and start to find your way of writing this book. And 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 I want you to talk more to this. But I have heard you say that you went and you know it was a hanging out process. You guys hung out yeah, and absolutely. spent time together. Tell me about that. Well, first we met, and um, I, I went over my story with her and just said, you know, this is, you know, I, I went through all of this, and then we kind of just bounced back ideas about what how we were going to write this. And then from there, it, you know, I went to her place in Ohio uh, a few times, and, you know, it was just like hanging out. You know, we'd sit there, we'd have chats about everything that I'd gone through, and, you know, I told her everything that I could possibly remember about what I went through. And, you know, that part right there, I, I didn't really catch on to it, but that right there, she actually did more for me than any, you know, like doctor could have done for me or like psychiatrist, you know, because she, all, all I did was sit there and, you know, tell her about everything I'd gone through. But there were some things that I, I had hard times talking about. But when I was talking to Marilla, it just came out naturally, you know. And what she was doing for me was, you know, she was healing me first so that I could give, you know, like a really good story. So it really was like more than just sitting there and talking and writing a book. It was like really getting me to understand myself and what it is I went through to understand the magnitude of of how I'm really going to be able to help people and to know that what I went through, you know, it is a lot. And we, we need to be able to show people that no matter what it is you're faced with, you can always overcome it just by, you know, being positive, having faith, and just, you know, always just fighting to live. Right. Did so, she have a special way of connecting? Could you name, like, you know, was it just that she was, because I'm guessing one big thing, uh, this just comes up for me, I certainly wasn't there, but I'm guessing that there was some big piece of non-judgment that she must exactly. have been... Yeah, she must have laid out a platform that had zero judgment, so you could tell her anything. And that's exactly what it was, because, you know, there's there were some things there that were really hard for me to talk about, you know, but now I can say it doesn't bother me to say, but there was a time there when, you know, people, I, I said, I'd, you know, I'd woken up in the middle of a surgery once, and, and I swear to God, you know, I was like five feet above myself looking down. I, it was an outer body experience for sure, <sighs> but you see... I said that to somebody, and they instantly said, no, you didn't. You're just hallucinating, blah, blah, blah. So I, I never said anything because I felt ashamed to tell people that I, I had an out-of-body experience. But when I told her that, she's like, oh, you know, she, like, she understood it. She knew what I was talking about. And from there, you know, I, I, you're right. I felt really comfortable just telling her anything and everything because it was my story. It's how I saw it. And, you know, she just she loved it. Right. And and I'm also guessing, and, and this is just, you know, I've got my own in, intuitive pieces, so I'm listening to you. I'm picking up the energy. And so I'm picking up the energy that she, her, 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 her now I sound weird, right? Like the world's going, oh my God, crazy girl. But, um, but that she wanted to be an extension of you. She wasn't there to critique you or say that I don't think would be good in a book. Now that, that's good. She wasn't yeah. there to hear it in the way of what makes a good book or not. She was there to be a vehicle that could be extension of you. So your story, every bit of it, uh, no matter what you said, was a truth, and she had to take it in and process. Did, did, did you feel that way, that she was really listening? Exactly. Yeah. 
it, it was when, you know, when we talk about my stories and I did all the writing, it was, I wrote the book, but just the way she articulated it and put it together was the extension part of me, you know, the part that got the story uh, put together in such a way that it was direct to the point and, and just would help people that was there for people that not only gave, you know, the perspective of a person who was going through it, but the bone marrow donor's perspective as well. There's a chapter in there for my bone marrow donor on kind of what it is he went through to donate bone marrow and, and just how he, how selfless of a, of a, you know, thing it is to do. And, you know, and, and kind of the platform on what it is I'm doing now with, you know, promoting the importance of bone marrow donation. Right. Right. And, and, are there things that you, when you're talking to her and going through this writing process, um, were there things that you felt more comfortable that you could tell her that you hadn't even told your family yet? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely, yes. It, it, it's like talking to your best friend when you can just say any and everything. You know, there's no judgment there. And, you know, the only times there are judgment is when you're laughing at a joke or something like that. You know, it's. That's it, man. There, there was nothing there. It was always, it was always really good. It was always really positive, and I always really enjoyed going out to visit her in Ohio. Just to, you know, it, it was more of a relaxing time just to sit there and chat with her because it was just unloading all of these feelings that I was holding on to from the stuff I was going through, and you know, it was just, it was just, it was a good time. It was just always fun to go and hang out with them, with uh, Marilla, and just do this book. That's so great. You know, I had a friend who had cancer. He did pass at 33. My mother got cancer. Yeah, my mom got the same cancer 90 days later. And so I went through it very, very closely and intimately with him and then with my mom. And so they never knew each other. But they would say, they, they would what I call travel. They would travel and come back, and they would say things about the gray people and the white people and, and this, you know, so-and-so is scratching at my robe, whatever the things were. And I took it super seriously. I actually took tons of notes, and I did a whole piece of this um, near-death experience and out-of-body experience in my graduate program. But, but it was because of this. And other people got so frustrated that they wanted to take down their meds. So I know, you know, with my friend Billy, again, he ultimately passed. And But my mom, you know, they, they just kept, everybody was like fighting. And people were, take down the meds. She's hallucinating. She's gone mad. She, and I was just yeah. like, no, no, it's all spiritual, man. We got we to gotta really listen closely what she's saying. She's going exactly. places and she has stuff to tell us and we'll never know. Like, don't touch her meds. You wouldn't want her to suffer, but we want to hear what she has to say. And my mom lived and I still have all these notes and, you know, and I share them with her. And, and so I really just want to respect what you're saying, which is, you know, that whether you're above your body or it is so easy for people to say hallucination, too many meds. This exactly. Is, yeah. It's really common for people because to think that answer for people to say I don't really care I don't want to hear what you have to say just you're on drugs you're a mess go figure it out leave me alone you know that's just how I felt and how I kind of took it you know so from that you know I just kind of shut down in that area and just didn't talk about it to anybody because I felt that they would just say no you're hallucinating you know it was you know all the pain medication you're on this that and the other so that's that's why I really you know just shut down and didn't tell anybody about that at all Right. So it's, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing that you had Marilla and, oh, and yeah. that that became a therapeutic process, which, 
you know, of course, that's my whole field. So I so believe in it that you must you must be able to share and be validated and be witnessed and purge some of the things that are kind of toxic if they're just looping in your head. You know, you've got to be able to put them out there and talk it through with someone who really does see you for who you are and believe what you're saying. And so what a what a tremendous blessing that you're writing a book, but really you find it's so much more. It's so very much more than just a book. It's just this process of being witnessed by somebody who respects you. Did, did you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. And understood me and just knew what I was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before any of this came up, you you were into music, right? Weren't you a DJ and, and yes. a musician? Do you, do you play instruments as well? Absolutely. And it's funny you say that. Just uh, last week, uh, I will, originally, uh, I used to play the drums back when I was a teenager. And, you know, my father, who I always have looked up to and always will look up to, you know, he, he, loved, he, he knew I loved music and he nurtured that. So when I was 13, he bought me a set of drums. And I played uh-huh. drums, you know, for, as a teenager, but for many years haven't done it. So last week, randomly, out of the blue, I had some money saved and just said, I'm going to do it. And I went and bought myself a set of drums. So I've, I've now been playing the drums for like the last week in my house, and it's just been so much fun. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I and love also, that. Yeah, you know, I've been a DJ since 1997. I've been, you know, still, you know, just consistently doing that and just had so much fun. I love DJing. It's just the feeling of the vinyl on the fingers. It's just so much fun. I, I can't get enough of it. Wow. Well, music, I mean, music itself, but doing that kind of thing, I can see, you know, you're so passionate about it. And so, you know, you're saying it was fun, but what else? I mean, what, was it a deep experience to connect back with the drums now? Like if there's you're you're a different you and you're a better you and you're a stronger you. And so what energy you put into those drums, do you feel that, that it's like a oh, reconnect? Absolutely. Before, when I would get behind a drum set, you, you could hear the intimidation and shyness in me. Now, it just comes out naturally, and you, you know what I mean? It's like before I would limit myself <laughs> on how to play. Now, I just hit whatever I want, and it sounds better. Right, right. I can so sense, see you know? that. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, drumming. I mean, it's like drumming for life. You're drumming, like celebration of life. I mean, there are yeah. so many, even shamanic, and there's so many practices that drums are very much a part of true Absolutely. celebration of a life journey. And, and not only that, drumming is a part of many different cultures and, and all over the world. You know, long before we hear what we hear now on the radios, you know, drumming, you know, in my culture, Native American culture, you know, we've been using the drum for thousands of years. You know, in Africa, it's the same thing. In Asia, it's the same thing. You know, drums are a big part of a lot of cultures. Right, right. And I'm really digging this because it's because what you're saying, it is primitive and it's primal and it's part of a life celebration and a life, not just not just celebration, but statement. Drumming means a lot of things and it's a way to pray to gods and it's a lot of things. And when you were doing it in the earlier days, we all grow up in generations. I'm going to play the flute. Well, I'm playing the piano. You know, like we learn like that's my, you know, instrument. Like it's just an instrument and I'm just going to play it. And my parents said I could, you know, and now you're this man drumming 
with so much more that's going into the universe. I mean, I, I, I feel that, that that's, there's nothing, it can't be any other way. What you have inside of you and what you drum into the universe is something very powerful, the same message you're giving to people at First Connection, right? I mean, it's, it, there's a message through your drumming, even, you know, it's just living vicariously through you, power of life. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, that's just, I love that you pulled drums out or started to play again. That's that's just really an exciting thing. Are you thinking of doing anything more with it, like trying to do any drumming gigs? or? Oh, doing absolutely. Any- right now what I'm doing in my uh, home is, uh, in my garage, I'm going to be making a complete studio in the back room that leads into the garage. So I'm going to completely soundproof the room and uh, make a studio and just start recording music and getting as much music out there, including my own, and having fun with it. You know, that, that's what it's about, is having fun. Right, right. And I could see that also being some sort of, just me talking, but some sort of CD that you make as a coping mechanism, which I want to talk a little bit more about. Um, I, you know, we're going to have to go to break soon, but something like that has that ever crossed your mind to do something where people you know someone who's who's made it through puts together drumming and people can listen to that during their chemo or during their times when they're down or you know to really feel the life yeah absolutely you know i think that would be uh, something really fun to do and uh, you know maybe it, it would be able to help someone to get through what they need to get through you know just to release that negative energy through the drum i think that'd be a great idea Right. Okay. So we are going to head off to break. This is good stuff. So we will pick it back up because I want to talk more about this and so many other things. We are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We are talking to David Tuckero Jr. And I am Lindsay Levinson, your host. And I so appreciate you guys listening, but you will want to come back after break because we have more great stuff to come. We'll be back in just a moment. directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. 
Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's l-i-n-z-i-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson, and we are back. We're on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and we are here with our special guest, David Tuckero, Jr., and David is the subject of the book, and and certainly a big part of writing the book and joining and Marilla Scott wrote this book, Bad to the Bone. So I, I want you all to know Marilla Scott's got a fantastic reputation as Oprah's, uh, you know, one one of the chosen ambassadors of hope. Um, it, it tells you a lot about the quality and the kind of books she writes. And then David did a tremendous collaboration with her. And he has talked through some of his experience. We're still going to talk about more, but what a blessing it was to work with her and to be heard and to be listened to and to be validated and to truly be an extension of his story rather than someone just trying to write a book. There was nothing like that at all. They built a real camaraderie, a connection, and that had a lot to do with David's healing. So he talked about that. Um, We left off to break. We were talking about that David is also a musician and he was a DJ a while back and loves it, very passionate and started recently picking up back something from his past, which was the drums. And we talked a lot about a lot about what kind of meaning that has too. But um, yeah, I, I think do you find and did you find music in any way? Were you able to use it as a coping tool in any of your music through when you were ill or can you see now what you maybe couldn't see then and you could help someone now you know like oh absolutely i I mean i've always been a music fan and you know growing up i've always just listened to music uh i've you know it's the human encyclopedia of music but for me i've always you know gone into music um 
I was always an introverted, quiet person and kept to myself. And I would always read magazines like Rolling Stone or Spin or Alternative Press in the 90s just to read up on all the music I could. And then I would also buy the, the band's entire catalog of music just to explore and see where they were going, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. And for me, music was just such an just such a fun thing because for me it hit like all senses of me and it made me think and I just could get lost in it forever. So there was days, you know, where I was going through chemo, having a rough day. I'd put my headphones on and just forget about what was going on and just get lost in music. And absolutely was a a huge healing coping mechanism for me because it made me forget about the horrors of what was actually going on. And it took me to a place where, I was welcomed, I was loved, and everything was fine. And it gave me that feeling every time I would hear a song. It was never judgmental. So music was always always a huge part of my life. Yeah, I, I love I love listening to your passion just when you speak about <laughs> it. And I, I think that, as I said, it's I'm so... I, am, I love music, you know. There's just there's so much fun stuff to music, you know, whether it's hearing a bass solo or a drummer go off or a guitar player just go nuts. It's just, there's so much awesomeness to music and I just, I love it. It's just, it gets me going every day. <laughs> so, so much passion, like the passion that's exuding out of you now and then the passion of your story and then the passion of you being an evangelist for bone marrow transplantation or, you know, donation, like, that's why I'm saying these tied together. I totally see a CD coming our way. And, yes. <laughs> you know, because it's not just, I really do see for anyone suffering, but also, I mean, even if you were going through the transplant process, and I, I understand there's a couple different ways to do it. We'll talk more about that. But, but that you are just an inspirational figure. You have such an energy. You have such a passion. The way you speak, you're very articulate. You're very truthful. You're very authentic. And people look up to that. That's leadership. And so to take, again, your drums or something that's yours and be able to put it close to them as they move through something where they need strength would be, you know, super powerful. So that's my little two cents, probably worth maybe a quarter of a cent, but <laughs> yeah. no, it's worth a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. It's, it's what I I've got. That. Yeah, I really mean it. I mean it from the heart. Um, I want to talk a little more also I'm about your tattoos. Tell me yeah. about, yeah, your tattoo. I noticed right away when I very first went to your website and looked you up, I was actually traveling when um, contact was made and I had the opportunity to even think that you were going to get to guest on my show and I was excited and I was in Thailand and, um, oh, wow. yeah, so I just remember exactly where I was and exactly where I was sitting and I was actually with my son and I turned the computer around and said, check this out, dude, look. And it was the survivor on your fingers. Yes, yes. Right? So, <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to, you know, kill the whole story. You get to tell your own story. But tell me about your tattoos. Tell me what, what, what they mean. Were they starting before you got your leukemia? Was it an after thing, during? Like, what, what do they mean? And when did you begin doing tat artwork on your body? Well, go back to the beginning. I started getting tattooed the day I turned 18, September 6th. You know, 1981 is my birthday. So on my birthday, my mom and me went, uh, this is like uh, 1999, September 6th, my birthday. We went into the tattoo shop. She was, she, she hates tattoos. I'm not even going to lie. She does not like tattoos. So <laughs> it, it was really fun having her there with me. 
so I, I got a tattoo, and that's, you know, it didn't really get started then because he, I was always working and needed to be presentable, couldn't have tattoos showing everywhere, but I'd always wanted it. So after I beat what I was going through, I realized, you know what, I'm only here once, and I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, do what it is that I enjoy to do in life. So I started tattooing the, my my story all over my body, and, you know, it started off first, you know, I, I went into the tattoo artist, and I said, I, want, I don't know what I want. I just know I want my, you know, leukemia ribbon. And as saying, I says to those who lost the battle, can you come up with a piece? He said, absolutely. So after that, I, I got this piece that I couldn't even even ever expected. It was better than I could have expected. So after that, I just started saying, okay, this is my idea. Can you give me a piece? And then from there, I just started getting tattooed more and more and more. You know, growing up, music was, you know, always a big influence on me. And a lot of the music I listened to, you know, they were covered in tattoos. So that was my original wanting to get tattoos. But then after, you know, it just became part of my story. And, you know, people would sit there and they'd say, oh, that's a nice tattoo. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what this mm-hmm. means. Oh, wow. Well, what does this one mean? So right. then that's really how I got to be able to start telling my story. And then I would just put pieces all over me, and, you know, they just like, oh, I like that nurse you have on your arm, or, oh, I like the the native guy, you have, the, the chief you have on your arm, or the, the angel, or the, you know, one, I've got eight, um, uh, well, I've got, you know, James Brown, Kurt Cobain, Jerry Garcia, um, Freddie Mercury, um, you know, a bunch of musicians tattooed on my finger, and people <laughs> were always asking about those, and, you know, so it just, you know, really was a way for me to connect with people to tell my story. To one, get it out of me, but two, just to show them, you know, that there's more to me than just tattoos. And then when I show them the survivor, they're just like, oh, I sing on the cake. They love that one. Oh, I love that one. I, I yeah, love I, it all. And I and, and and for those of you, you know, just that alone, I'm going to make you all, every listener, every one of you, every 20,000 of you, whoever's listening, you've got to go check out David Tuckero.com. That's David T U C C A R O.com. Okay, so you got to check out that site. And, and right up front, you know, there's lots of choices for you. And we'll talk more about all the things that you can explore on his site that he does address. But you do see what we're talking about survivors on his fingers, on his forefront fingers, the eight of them, like if you make a fist. And and so he spells out S-U-R-V on four of them and I-V-O-R on the other four. And it's, you just stare at it and you're like, wow, oh my gosh, right on. I love it. And so that in and of itself is beautiful. But, you know, I do love that you're doing what is I continue to say expansive thinking. It's expansive thinking. That's it goes through your drums. It goes through your tattoos. It's it's a it's a movement of your story that extends. Um, I will say, like even in my master's degree, I took something called um, a specialization called transpersonal. So it's psychology, but transpersonal psychology. So it deals with existential and it deals with near death and it deals with psychic phenomenon and it deals with um, life before, life after, dreams. Right. So there's only five of those programs in the nation. And it was so important for me. If I'm going to do a psychology credential of any kind, you know, I wanted one that related to me and things I believe in. And that's what I'm talking about to you. The, the, you know, you're not just you standing here in a moment, right? You're the expansive, extensive story 
of, of what you've been through. And it, it comes through listening to you talk. It comes through, I guarantee in your music and the fact that you tell these pieces of your story with beautiful artwork. And I, I heard you say on an interview that you let the tattoo artist really develop their creative art in a way that fits what they envision based on what you tell them, which I would say is so much like your story with Marilla. But does that resonate? Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I would sit there and say, this is just what I would like. Can you come up with a piece? Because one thing I found in tattoo and just meeting people throughout life is, if you're going to say, I want this done exactly like this, and you tell a tattoo artist, they're going to have a different view. So for me, instead of sitting there and saying, I want this exact piece to look just like this, it will never happen because it's what you think of it. They're not going to be thinking on the same wavelength as you because everybody's different. But for me, it was going in there and just saying, give you the creativity. It's your job. This is your profession. You figure it out. I will take it. Just do something cool. That's all you got to say. Just, Just do something really cool that you're cool at. And I'll go with that. And, you know, 10 times out of 10, I've gotten a better piece than I could have expected. You know what I mean? So I, it was just, yeah, for me, given the artists of their full creative, full creative rights to do what they want to do, they're going to give you an awesome piece 10 times out of 10. And can you see my correlation with that being the identical process with Marilla that you did? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You know, she's this creative artist. She knows her deal and she's listening so closely. And yet you're really not telling her again. And for chapter one and then for chapter six, make sure you're telling her a story. You're just telling her what you see. But she, as the creative artist, is going to shape it in a way that turns out to be the beautiful you. That you're Right? Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so she's definitely the master uh, artist there for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so let's go back to writing. Let's talk about that because um, I'm a huge believer in it and an advocate of it. And I want you, someone who's been through it and, and certainly used it in so many ways, besides, I mean, the book partly, talk about the therapeutic factor. Is it, is it, is it beneficial for folks to oh, if they get a diagnosis? Yeah, tell me. So for me, one thing I learned is just writing, you know, I, you know, when I like notepad, notepad paper, you just, if you're having a bad day, just write out what it is that's bothering you. I noticed that when I started to do that, that I, I would feel better. It would be like this negative energy released through, you know, a little ballpoint pen just on paper and it made me feel better. So one thing I would stress to everybody is that, yeah, absolutely. If you're having a bad day. Writing it out is such a very beneficial thing for you, and you'll feel better for it. And, you know, writing this with Marilla, it was the most therapeutic thing I could have ever done because everything negative that I was holding on to, I just sat there and I just just, just got it out and just, you know, so it was all out of me and it was out in the open and just on paper. So for me, the therapeutic part of it was just astronomical. The benefits were huge, and I recommend everybody out there to just write out on paper, on a notepad, on a sticky note, whatever it is, just write out what's bothering you and go back to it a couple of days and see how much you've improved. And 
how silly, you know, you might have felt. You know, that's what I think is whenever I look back is, wow, mm-hmm. I really look, sounded kind of silly writing that, <laughs> you know. So for me, yeah. it was always an interesting thing to do and interesting process. So writing is just, it's great for everybody and everybody should do it. Yeah, I, I, I really, I back you on that. And I think that I have sort of a philosophy. In fact, um, I'm working with a different author who whatever is, is bringing me into some, a workshop. And so one of the very first things I say to do is get this journal. And, and I talk about the fact that, you know, we have some preconceived notions. So sometimes we do think, well, I don't, I'm not a writer. I don't have anything to write or my days are so busy. I'm not going to do that, you know? And I want to validate what you're saying for certainly things that are negative. I, I call it, okay, so here's a Lindsayism. <laughs> I call it purge and process. <laughs> purge and process. It's, it's a big deal. Purge and process. Like it's just, yeah. you, you get it out of your body because it's yeah. in your mind and your body somewhere and you process it because it does need to be made sense of somehow for us to continue to the next step. So that's that part. I tell folks, if you have something great, if your day went really well and you're like, I actually have no pain today or I, you know, and and that goes for emotional pain or people divorcing or whatever people I'm coaching. If you write something positive, then you've just done affirmations, which are a huge, another piece of psychology that, you know, we don't really understand But true writing of something. We're actually delivering data right back to our own brain. So if we write this went well, this went well, this went well, we deliver into our brain. Hey, it's going pretty good. So our brain starts to calm down and take that in. And lastly, you know, they were trying to throw me a stumper, <laughs> like, well, what if I have nothing to write? Then I just, and I said, then you write. I, I am naming that I have nothing to write tonight. And that still makes room. It says there's space here. I've got nothing to write. That must mean there's space, which means I'm about to grow. There's room for growth because I'm not full up with anything. So I can see from all directions, you know, if, if you just sort of call yourself, even if you don't think you want a journal, or you don't think you want to write things, I love what you're saying. Just just do it anyway because you start to move things through you. And then you get to also, I love your idea of looking back and saying, oh, that's what I wrote four days ago. How how funny, how ironic, how whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And having the, you know, just the humility to laugh at yourself, you know, like that's always, you know, a character-building trait, I think. So absolutely, just write everything out, man. There's nothing wrong with just writing everything out. And the benefits of it are just, they're awesome. You're only going to benefit from it. I don't see why you wouldn't want to grow from something that's, you know, holding you back. Right, right. That's a great way to put it. That's a fantastic way to put it. Tell me about your family, and I don't want you to tell me all the dynamics because we're going to go through a little more next week, so I'm going to tease you listeners because we're going to talk about some, you know, family and diagnosis and what happens, what happens to a family when they hear a lot of the, what you guys, you know, really want to understand the true exact story details um, of him being diagnosed. We certainly are going to get into, but just tell me, did the book, do you think, help your family because that's that the story comes out. Do you feel like your family knows you better and it was therapeutic for them as well to read that book? Absolutely. It was uh, very therapeutic for everybody to read it and even more therapeutic that I was healed by writing this story. It really, it really helped my family grow closer together, especially, you know, me and my father's relationship, because that's really what I I was, you know, wanting was to, you know, and it was me who wanted that, but my dad was always giving it to me, but just, I guess, not in the way I'd expected it to be. Right. I looked at everything comes in different forms and 
I just wasn't in tune with that. But for me, you know, it really, it, my mom and dad and sister, there was a lot of things there they, they didn't really know or understand about me. So when they read it, they were just like, okay, I understand now. And, you know, it makes sense to me, you know, why he was thinking this way or doing this. And, you know, just, you know, it, there was just a lot of understanding that really went on with what, I wrote in there, and it really brought everybody closer together. And you know, the relationships are, you know, better than they've ever been with all of us. And um, it, it's just, it was just such a great, great present that I was able to, you know, be given and able to give at the same time. Right, right. So you much. Know, sense. It was like a double thing. You know, not only was yeah. it a great gift for me, but it's a great gift for my family. And especially, you, you know, going through the the cancer part of it, they really they didn't know. So when they when they're reading it, and you know, certain you know stories within the book that you will read, you know, they'll understand why I thought the way I thought and why I did what I did and how I got through what I got through because of what I was doing. And it just there's so much in there that they learned from me, and it was just amazingly beneficial. Yeah, I can so see that. I can so see that being yeah valuable for with so many branches. We're going to have to close up the show soon, and I want to talk about a couple things very quickly, and I hate to rush you, and I'm so glad you're coming back because we can go back deeply into Thank anything. Um, just let's quickly name where we can get the book. All right. It's, you, you can get the book several places. Right. First off, you can go to www.davidtuckerow.com. T-U-C-C-A-R-O.com. You can get a hardback copy of my book, signed. Also, if you go to Amazon.com, you can get a paperback version as well as ebook. You can go to Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Kobo, and... Kindle. Oh. <laughs> Kindle. Sorry. Which one? Kindle. Kindle. Yeah, there you go. I'm so sorry. I just had a brain thing there. Kindle, you can get my book there as well. So Amazon.com, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Kobol, iTunes, and DavidTuckerow.com. Okay, that's, yeah, no, that's a lot to remember. All I remember is Kindle. I I bought both. I bought the, you know, I bought it hard copy and I bought it in Kindle and I read it all and it's fantastic. So I say that to you listeners. Um, I, I, again, I'm going to have to end soon. I'm like feeling torn because what I want to say is I want to talk about the bone marrow donation. I want to say if we go to your site, which you just gave, davidtuccaro.com, davidtuccaro.com, what um, people can register. Is that correct? They can register. They can take a look at what the process is and see if they want to and make a choice to put their name in. So if you go to www.davidtuckerow.com, scroll to the bottom, it'll say become a donor. If you click on that link, it's going to send you to the Delete Blood Cancer site. There, all you're going to do is put in your personal information, and they're going to send you two swab kits, one for you and a family or a friend member. And what you're going to do is swab the inside of your cheek, both sides, put it back in the tube, send it back to them, all free of charge. They're going to put your DNA into a data bank. If you're an instant match, you'll be notified right away. Otherwise, they keep you on file until you are a match. At that point, when you are a match, the process is very simple. They're going to give you uh, some medication to build up the marrow, and they're just going to draw your lip marrow, and that's it. It's not like before where they would you know, have to ask straight from the hip. You know, like the whole hip tap, it's not like that anymore. It's very painless. And, you know, just I'm here to let everybody know the process of donating marrow is painless. 
It is not That's painful. Awesome. It is very painless. Technology That's has come a far way and has taken away all the pain involved with that. So to everybody out there, please donate marrow. It is painless. It is an easy process, and you'll be saving lives. So, it, 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 you know, I'm just here to tell people the importance of donating right. and especially letting them know that it's painless because there's a lot of misconception out there that people think that it's very painful and right. it's really not. Okay. I, I am going to have to cut, um, you know, cut toward to the end here. Um, I love that you're really driving home the painless part because I think there is a big myth with that. And I'm going to very quickly with a very short and <laughs> a little bit of an abrasive thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and next week, but I need to do some logistics I'm going to do to close up and you're going to hang with me here, but thank you. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it again. Thank you. It's been awesome. Okay, Lindsay's Life Secret. I got to get that in because that's a tradition and we don't miss it. So here's my Lindsay's Life Secret for today. You know what, guys? Life happens for reasons and time, time's really precious. We often think we're being dealt something that's a really bad deal. You know what? It might not actually be the case. You might be being chosen to be the vehicle to take others to a way better place. So when it's really, really bad, Think of it in terms of being chosen and what are you supposed to do with that? I recently heard someone with cancer. It was someone named Katie Ersta on a radio station say, turn your mess into your message. And I think that's really a precious line. So I do think you should go to David's site. I will tell you that if you do go to that site and register and I've checked it out, it is easy. He's telling you it's painless. We're going to talk more next week about the whole process, but if you go to the site, davidtuckerow.com, and you do register, and that's all that that is, just registering. I'm not asking for you to do anything more but register. If you do, put it on Facebook at Illuminating Now, or write me at lindsay, L-I-N-Z-I, 244 at sbcglobal.net. I am encouraging a follow the leader, a pay it forward mentality. So I will make sure that your name is announced on the air. And you know that we've done this on other things, and it's been extremely popular, and people really appreciate knowing who are the leaders in the world, who are the contributors, who are the ones that took that extra step. And I'm going to make sure people know who they are. So I'd really appreciate if you, and that's just a signing up. I didn't say you gave anything. Just register yourself. So do that. Let me know by my email or by the Illuminating now on Facebook and you will be announced on a future show and I will also let you know personally through Facebook that that happened. Thank you for tuning in. It has been an amazing show. David's on again next week. So please tune in on the 10th. We are on Illuminating now Lindsay's life secrets. I am your host Lindsay Levinson. Our guest David Tucker. Fantastic show. Fabulous meaning fabulous points that he has to share with you about life. And so we really look forward to you joining and in the continuation of this conversation next week. In the meantime, have a really purposeful week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 